Chapters 23 and 24 of The Long, Long Trail by Max Brand. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 23 A fine saddle, kid, eh? repeated Judd Boone, who, after pausing a few paces, now went a stride nearer. The eyes of Valentine widened a little, fascinated, and then, by degrees, he was able to look away from his enemy to the prize. He touched it with a shaking hand. Uh, pretty nice he admitted yup and they've wasted a pile of silver in fixing it up i'd say it was an obvious opening for an insult if charlie valentine chose to follow it up but it was instantly clear that he would avoid the issue if that were possible i guess i'll have time to keep the silver shined up judd it seemed somehow that a subtle appeal were conveyed by this use of the man-killer's first name something of appeal too in the faint smile which the boy now turned on his antagonist as though he was mutely saying for heaven's sake judd boone be merciful don't push me to the limit give me a chance salt springs noted all this and the face of salt springs took on a sick look of pain and horror then the same girl's voice shriller than before and closer to the door of the saloon i will get in there i tell you i will get in they're getting ready to fight now i can tell it by the silence a muttering of men's voices followed those were the normans no doubt who were keeping the poor creature away and then her voice pitched higher still oh if any of you are half men go in and stop them save charlie valentine he's only a boy somehow that girl's voice was the crowning horror charlie valentine shaking like a hysterical woman turned his head with jerks and stared at the silent crowd along the wall won't some of you go out and stop that noise he murmured gaspingly but the brutal boon had seen another opening and instantly took advantage of it what's the matter charlie does the lady think you're sick or about to get sick that's nan tucker ain't it but he had whipped down the pride of the boy too much now a touch of color came in young valentine's face my dad taught me one little thing he said and that was never to name ladies when i was having a drink around these parts boone we most generally keep our women folk outside of saloons but said boone furious at the murmur of approbation along the wall i ain't seen any drinking going on we'll start in now then he turned to the others step up boys and have one on me not a man stirred from the wall the pale interested faces stared as if these two had been on a stage and the others were sitting behind floodlights watching the drama of unreal lives charlie valentine swung back again with an attempted smile which only served to show his set teeth flashing nobody ain't particular dry i guess remarked judd boone i guess not whispered charlie speaking of saddle son i hear that you ain't really got any right to that one i got no right to it well what do you mean by that obviously the crisis was coming there would be no escaping from the quarrel which judd boone was urging on i'll tell you what i mean it's what i hear pretty general around salt springs they say that young tolliver really ought to be taken off this saddle to-day and how comes that queried charlie valentine in the same ghastly faint voice well comes this way bud tolliver rides straight up and don't pull the leather and he sticks on every horse but the last one 
and then you come out and stick through all the horses but when you come to the one that throwed young tolliver you sneak a grip that the judges don't see and pull the leather and that's how you happen to be here to-day taken off the prize saddle once more charlie valentine moistened his colourless lips somebody has been joking with you judge i didn't pull no leather that day jud boone raised his head and laughed derisively and the fire was in his eyes plainly he was drinking deep of pleasure in this torture scene ask the boys jud gasped charlie valentine they'll tell you i didn't pull leather jud boone rolled his keen glance up and down the line and not a man stepped forward not a voice was raised once more the gunfighter laughed his confidence was mounting to great heights by this time no attempt had been made so far by jess drear to break through the cordon of the normans around the saloon and apparently the game was in his hand and even if charlie valentine mustered courage enough to draw his gun he would be worse than helpless with such shaking hands yet judd was determined to avoid a shooting affair if possible he was set on breaking the nerve of this boy and making him take water because there was one chance in ten that even though jess drear were not here to-day he might make it a point to look up the slayer later on and judd was distinctly desirous of avoiding that future meeting you see he said there ain't any volunteers for information kind of looks as though they were agin you charlie look em over yourself obediently charlie cast a wild glance down that line not a man would stir or speak he looked back to judd i don't know how it is he said suddenly judd shouted well how do you think it is charlie valentine trembled perspiration poured out on his forehead maybe he whispered very faintly I i'm wrong maybe i've forgotten just what i did that day gratification flooded the face of judd boone plainly the nerve of the boy was breaking he was about to take water and in the closet at the rear of the room jess drear though he was quivering with horror muttered to himself ah thank heaven they ain't going to come to a showdown i won't have to step in but a great desire to spring at boone and break him in his hand was sweeping over the outlaw yep sneered judd boone i figured that you got a pretty handy memory but i'll tell you what you do son to put yourself in right again you just leave this saddle here for young tolliver and i'll see that he gets it the head of charlie valentine dropped his hand which had been twisting around the horn of the saddle loosened and fell nervelessly away he seemed about to turn back toward the door and a breath of relief came from the onlookers it may have been that breath that changed the mind of charlie valentine it may have been that little whispering sound which made him recall the stern words of his father when he set out that morning he whipped himself together with an effort and looked judd boone in the eye judd boone he said the saddle is mine the other was shaken by the sudden change on his brow gathered his most ferocious frown son he said ominously watch what you're saying i'm a tolerable peaceful man till i get riled up and you're riling me a whole pile if you take this saddle it's just the same as calling me a liar then heaven help me that's what i call you boone it was done even boone could hardly believe that he had heard it think twice valentine i ain't a man to stand such talk 
and i've done my thinkings cried the young fellow trembling like a girl and now have it over with he stood perfectly straight his chin up and it was patent that he could never get his gun out of the holster in time to meet the lightning draw of the other and jud boone had forgotten all scruples forgotten even jess drear the fighting lust was on him and his upper lip was drawing back over his teeth in that bestial manner that needs to be seen only once to be remembered forever then a voice cried from the other end of the room a deep mellow voice boone jaw de boone you're facing the wrong way those who saw the change that came in the face of boone were haunted by it they looked down the saloon and there stood a big man broad-shouldered long-armed with his gun hanging far down on his thigh there was something negligent in his attitude and negligently alert yet for a long instant jud boone did not turn when he whirled it was with a shrill animal cry the gun coming into his hand as he veered two reports two drifts of thin smoke like two small puffs from a cigarette which is being deeply inhaled the smoke went upward slowly jess drear had dropped his gun to his side again but Judd Boone stood with a dazed expression, his revolver still extended. First the weapon crashed on the floor, then he reached his left hand along the rail of the bar, his head dropped over, and he lowered himself slowly to the floor. When they reached him, he was dead. Chapter 24 The group on the veranda of the Valentine House had remained there for close to two hours mary sat halfway down the steps with her hands clasped about her knees elizabeth was above her leaning against the railing morgan valentine and his wife were in chairs on the veranda itself he was smoking his short-stemmed pipe steadily mrs valentine had abandoned her knitting some half an hour before and now sat stiffly erect with her chin drawn in her mouth tight her colour ashen and every eye of the four was bent fixedly upon that point where the road swerved around the shoulder of the western hill and dipped toward the house in a long swift curve no one had spoken hours ages of silence it seemed but now and then the glance of mrs valentine lowered upon mary and her lips stirred with bitter soundless words and once when mary turned and looked up she met the glance of elizabeth fixed on her as though she were a snake all this trouble rested on the head of the girl and only the eye of morgan valentine was kind and clear but even he toward the end was abstracted now over the hill a horseman darted and the four rose to their feet at the signal it was Louis Valentine. He was spurring his horse to a mad gallop down the slope. His hat off, he was waving it frantically. Every inch of his body spoke joy. And a cry came from the watchers. Thank God, thank God, whispered Mrs. Valentine, and fumbling blindly, she found the hand of her husband and clung to it. Elizabeth was weeping soundlessly now the courier plunged up to the house and flung himself out of the saddle i seen him he cried i seen charlie coming over the next rise i seen him he's all right he's coming alone but you don't know said mrs valentine he may be not a scratch on him i can tell by the way he's riding 
coming like sixty spurrin every jump he's got baldy stretched out straighter in a string no wounded man could ride like that then morgan valentine spoke did you see this addle how's it come that he drives in in the buckboard and comes ridin a hossback he drives baldy in and rides him back where's the saddle a gasp from lewis half of his joy disappeared you mean you think charlie took water you i don't care what he did cried the boy's mother he's alive he's safe in spite of you morgan but his honor said the indomitable rancher how about that there was no opportunity for further surmise over the hill came a second rider and this time it was charlie who appeared spurring hard as lewis had said he did not wave his hat as he saw the waiting family at their joyous shout that went tingling to him he returned no answer rides like there was someone behind him muttered the ominous voice of morgan valentine and for the first time he removed the pipe from between his teeth and shaking himself clear from the hands of his wife he stepped to the head of the stairs and waited charlie valentine dismounted less hastily than his brother had done and was caught in four pairs of arms showered with exclamations from four pairs of lips only his father remained aloof the saddle charlie he cried at length even his iron nerve breaking under the strain did you bring it out at this the women and lewis released the boy and turned his face could be seen clearly for the first time and it was notable that there was not the slightest sign of exultation he seemed to have aged many years he had gone in hardly more than a child he came out to the ranch from salt springs carrying his manhood stamped upon his face there's the prize saddle on the hoss he said tersely and jud boone breathed his brother lewis half abashed before this new charlie valentine jud boone is dead dead silence had their own charlie killed the man did that explain the gravity the joylessness of his manner but morgan valentine came down the steps with gleaming eyes he stretched out his hand son he said you live up to the blood that runs in you i'll tell you now that when you left the house this morning i thought you were riding to your death i've had you dead in my thoughts charlie i can't shake your hand replied the son it wasn't me that killed jud boone another caught breath from the crowd the arm of morgan valentine fell slowly to his side i'll tell you how it was said charlie slowly he frowned and recalled the bitter picture in detail when i faced jud boone my nerve left me i was like like i was standing in a cold wind that's the way his eyes got on my nerves i kept thinking about death and being young and i near crumpled up i near took water along comes the last minute i was just swaying between being a coward and then something snapped in me i called jud boone a liar and then waited for the draw but i knew i was simply waiting to be killed my hand was shaken so i couldn't have hit the other side of the room and jud boone was as cool as if he was getting ready to shoot at a target and then i heard a big voice call boone jud boone you're facing the wrong way he imitated that deep tone that full voice and a quiver ran through the listeners jud turned with a yell with his gun out before he was clear round wasn't till he was clear round that the stranger made a move then it was just a jerk of his hand a flash of light as the gun jumped into it and he shot jud boone dead 
and that's why i'm here alive god bless him who did it charlie but still charlie showed no joy he lifted his arm and pointed sternly at mary valentine the others followed that pointing hand and saw her standing with a white face and great staring eyes i reckon you know mary when it was over he says to me tell her that she don't owe me nothing that the account is just squared up that's all i reckon you know who he was speaking about mary it was jess drear said the girl faintly and he got away charlie you must have known when you asked him to help me that there wasn't any way for him to get loose not with a whole line of men stretched around the saloon waiting for him and normans all of em you must have knowed you was asking him to step in and die and him being that kind of a gent the voice of charlie trembled he wouldn't say no to a woman charlie you aren't speaking true he isn't caught she had broken through the circle now and was clinging to him pleading with him don't hold on to me mary said the boy coldly i swear that i'd rather be back there lying dead on the floor of dan carroll's place than to have drear die for me hush broke in morgan valentine he was looking at mary not at his rescued son mother take mary inside oh mary that was what you done for us oh mary and all the bitter things i've been thinking of you i won't go aunt maud said the girl steadily i want to know just what happened after boone dropped what did jess drear do he turned his gun in his hand and caught it by the barrel boys he said just as quiet as i'm talking now boys i guess you know who i am i'm jess drear there's about one chance in three that i could rush the lines outside and get clear but i'm sort of tired so i give myself up who'll take my gun nobody moved i called out jess i'm with you i'm at your back we'll try it together i meant it i'd have died for him i still would but he says go easy boy i know you're white but don't you go making a mess of things for yourself charlie said mary valentine in the same calm voice in which she had spoken before i'll never forget what you said to jess drear and the offer that you made he went on unheeding then he goes up to harrison and puts out his gun partner he says i figure you for a man-sized man take my gun and lead me to the lock-up there's a pretty fat little price on my head it's all yours and you can give it to charity but harrison took drear's hand not his gun you've done a mighty fine thing he said i don't know what your record is drear but here's one that would back you and we'll see that you get a clean deal in salt springs but just then Sheriff Claney comes through the door. "'Will you make the same offer to me, Drear?' he says, with his hand on his gun. I could see something flicker in the eyes of Drear. He had his gun in a bad position, by the muzzle, but I thought for a minute that he was going to flip it and try to get Claney first, and I think he could have done it. But he says, "'It ain't such a pretty party with you on the receiving end, Sheriff. Speaking personal, Sheriffs ain't been my bunkies generally, but here's the gun, Claney.' "'How'd you know me?' asked the sheriff. "'I can tell you by the scar on your forehead,' says Jess. There was a cry of pain from Mary Valentine. "'Aye,' said the boy fiercely. "'Cry and wring your hands, Mary Valentine, but that won't save Jess Drear. And he's going to be saved.' "'Charlie,' pleaded the girl, "'let me have a chance to help.' "'Keep away, Mary. I'll tell you why. I've been thinking about you all the way home.' 
I've been thinking about you ever since Jess Dreer talked to me that way and gave me that message for you. It was on account of you that he done it. And who was the cause of the whole thing? It was you. You made the fight between me and Joe Norman, and that fight laid the plan for this. It's on account of you that Judd Boone is dead, just when he was trying to get a new start and be a decent man. It's on account of you that the finest man that ever wore a gun is waiting in jail for a rope, and I say that you ought to be punished some way for it. He had risen on tiptoe. His whole body had swelled to a greater size as he poured out the denunciation. I don't know how, but— Morgan Valentine stepped in between them. You've talked enough, he interrupted. Let him talk, said the girl, and she smiled in a singular manner. But I want you to know that I'm punished already, Charlie, more than I can bear, because I love Jess Drear. There was a stifled exclamation from Elizabeth, but Charlie turned his rage into a sneer. You love him? he said scornfully. Well, you've had a considerable practice loving men. And Mary bowed her head. End of chapters twenty three and twenty four.